Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where our country, tis of greed, sweet land of idiocracy, I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We made it halfway through 2017. Danny, uh, what do you got to say for yourself? Uh, it's just, yeah, it was a struggle. We got there in the end. We put in a 110% commitment. It was more of like a team effort. I feel like we did out what we could then. Uh, yeah, can we do less of the Adam Sandler uh, football movie and a little bit more of the Super Metal Brothers movie, which I have surely we played by that. Uh, oh, who's going to play us, Danny, in the Super Metal Brother movie coming out 2018? Uh, has Antonio Banderas shaved his head yet? No, and he's he looks more like a lizard though now, which oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. you know he's gone with the whole plastic surgery thing. Save it for the Kardashians, mate. I don't think he needed to worry about it. He'd still pull roots anyway. I mean, he's like Zorro for crying out loud. That's right. Yeah, but, but people want to hear what we have to say about metal. So we thought, you know, as you know, what the scene's doing right now in the metal community with all the publications, they're doing their best albums of the year so far. And one of us, not to buck the trend, we decided to do pretty much the same thing today, Danny. Yeah, I reckon how lazy can you be that you have nothing else to talk about rather than the <laughs> top 10 list? Oh, sorry. So 2017, God, we sound like weather presenters, don't we? Unless like metalheads right now. But we've also got to talk about Decapitated. They've offered the uh, 2007, July the 7th, they released Anticult, their latest album. And I'm sure people want to hear our thoughts on that. A, a massive death metal band, pretty much one of the staples that have remained for a, quite a long time. How they've not... Uh, well, they're still fighting off Poppy, I'd imagine, being a death metal band, but also still recording, Danny. Well, they actually did a clever business movie. So they released the album this side of the financial year, which means all their profits get absorbed. So technically, they're, they're quite smart. Mid-year yeah. sales, get those people you get excited for it. Album comes out. Right, get all your tax refunds. you got made of spend on CDs. Polish is smart, man. They are smart. Must be all that Putin water they've been drinking, I guess. Oh, wait, that's Russian. Oh, terrible. <laughs> What's their excuse then? <laughs> hey, something about sausages. I don't know. But first, guys, let's talk the news. Straight off the bat, we're talking Dave Mustaine. He's starting to get uh, more notoriety. He's making Gene Simmons levels of uh, notoriety here on the Super Metal Brothers, Danny. This Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. Oh, yeah, he's a, quite a regular person on our old podcast. We thank him for that. We thank him for always wanting to get his voices appeared and opinions heard. It's kind of like the closest you could get to a villain in metal. See, anyone who writes really good songs really can't be ostracized too much from the community, but... His levels of dickishness have returned, you know. Anytime you think he might be coming humble from receiving the rewards from the uh, the Grammys, Grammys, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, he's come around now, and um, he thought it would be better if he got acknowledged instead of Megadeth. <laughs> yes, right. The only problem is he's used the label Megadeth for the last 20 years, so that's what we know him as, as the guy from Megadeth. Yeah, uh, exactly. When he goes off on that uh, tangent, does that whole, you know, dates a really hot chick who's into folk music, Leaves the best hard rock metal band of all time, and then starts a uh, you know a folk tunes that uh, make your mum happy, and you'd very unhappy. Then we could start calling him Blackmore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Till that day comes around, so I think he's a long way away. It is, it is a bit of a funny thing. I guess that's his second biggest regret. First biggest regret is having an alcohol problem get kicked out of Metallica. Yeah. And I guess the second biggest regret is not calling it the Dave Mustaine presents Megadeth. Do you think he has a case, though? I mean, obviously, there are rare exceptions in the metal community where we kind of know that Eddie is the horse that's kind of running the charter there. You know, it's pretty much the one guy, he does the songwriting, he gets the musos in, and he pays them, then they leave. Um, and eventually, they do leave out of the band as uh, Chris Boderick and his millions of guitarists have, uh, that he's named in his top 10 list. We won't go to that just yet. But do you think as a point, Dan, do you think that Dave Mustaine should be acknowledged as the writer himself. Well, yeah, but they don't have a award for that. <laughs> they no. Have, they have an award for the band. I'm like, I'm sorry, if you wanted to be no, uh, 
called you than do like Devin Townsend does. They call it the Devin Townsend Project. Yeah. So I'm sorry. It's like we all know that he does all the writing. So can't you just be happy with that? Like, yeah, they, it's like telling someone know. with syphilis just to change their undies and hope the problem goes away. We're dealing with the issue being the Grammys here. You can't say to them, I should be getting knowledge. It's like, no, the Grammys needs to change. We've asked them out before where it's the acknowledgement of a performance, you know? Metalheads, as far as the community, I understand how hard it is to write metal and to, to perform it. Um, the technicality that's needed for some of these songwriting and yeah. they get it for... The one song they played, like Tenacious D, for example. Yeah, exactly right. Look, so, look we, we all know it's you, Mustang, so just be happy. Now, next thing, apparently, wants to get to the Rock Roll Hall of Fame. But he, actually, to be fair, he really says he is part of it because Metallica got involved, and he's technically was in Metallica for a year, so technically he says, I'm also part of the Rock Roll. So he's really, he's really accomplished that. Yeah, when he's not uh, claiming himself one of the best rhythm guitarists of all time, it seems like he's just claiming himself as the best of all time. Uh, but for that, you know, it's a bit of harmless fun. Uh, did you see his list on his top favorite guitarist? As far as politi- uh, politicians go, he should really be running for president of the United States right now. Yeah, uh, not yeah. Su- not surprised that his current side wingman guitarist is his favorite guitarist of all time. That just worked out so well, didn't it? Yeah, but if you ask him, 2004 Dave Mustaine, he would tell you that uh, Chris Broderick... Oh, no, sorry. I think it was a little bit later. I think it's 2014, sorry. Yeah. He would tell you that Chris Broderick was his most best guitarist. And... He is. Well, apparently not. Apparently he's seventh best now. No, no, eight. he's not. Because at the end of the day, I know he was talking like he was. However, I'm only talking of technique-wise. I think, to be honest, Megadeth's um, Marty Freeman years are them some of the most iconic playing-wise and his contribution into songwriting and even his style of solos being quite innovative and, and engaging. Um, that yeah, would probably but, be another thing to think about. But where Chris Brodick fell down, I believe, was the swimsuit category. You see, Mario Freeman's got nice legs, the same as his new Kiko guy. So Have you issue. seen Chris Broderick's arms, though? Yeah. I've never seen him do a gig without wearing, uh, without wearing a tank top. He's always showing his top deck. The guy used to, and this is a true story. I'll tell you a story about Chris Broderick. The guy used to play American football, right? You know, the gridiron stuff. You know, the ones that have to wear helmets. Cause, you so know. No, no football, more throw ball. Yeah, more throw ball. Anyway... One and he was in, he was a big popular guy at school, you know. He got to bang cheerleaders and um, he was hanging out with the jocks and stuff. But then he gets injured, so he finds himself staying at home playing video games and realized uh, a couple of weeks have gone by and none of his mates have come to see him. So he started to fall out of friends with them and started getting into the geek community. So he became a full fledged nerd. So even though a part of him is that, he, he's now got into the metal. Now he's a geek for for all things metal, like his guitars wow. and stuff. And uh, you can tell by his playing because I think that's what he did when he was injured. He's like, oh, just play guitar i guess you it know seems like a really cheesy like high school musical movie could be made out of his like life story. that's right so like it's like greece where in one corner you got john travolta who's chris Broderick, and instead of a living newton john you've got an esp <laughs> <laughs> it's romantic yeah okay fair enough instead of like, like wavy blonde hair you got i'd hit the g-string on that all day man just finger hey, pick that shit hey. man oh yeah buddy it's your yayo x cable hey uh we're gonna move on to our next story children of bodom uh good old rupert lat Latvala, the old guitarist, said he was stabbed in the back. He go, he says, I really feel stabbed in the back by those guys. I'm bitter at those guys. He was fired without explanation. And he was so depressed, didn't pick up a guitar for two years. Danny. It's pretty harsh. That sounds like a very bad, very bad falling out. If you've seen Children of Bodom, the weirdest thing is that I haven't seen them without them drinking whiskey. Like the whole entire time I've seen them do like their uh, CDs or gigs and stuff, they're, they're plastered. Yeah. So I'm guessing he didn't drink with them. 
because yeah. he, he can he still remembers being fired from it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So he was sober at the time. Yeah, exactly. So right. um, there, there's your problem, mate. You weren't a party animal. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah, I know you're right. Exactly. These guys are massive alcoholics. Ah, oh, oh, I guess someone has to keep that rock star life going, and I guess. Trudeau Boehm decided that's that's there, man. Yeah, he's um, you know, he's got those black fingernails. I think I don't think they're padded on. I think that's all that's like uh, the the black. So the um, Jack Daniels and Coke just seeping oh, out of his pores. <laughs> he's yeah. just like dying, but no one's got the heart to tell him. Yeah, yeah. Every time he tries to like, peel off like wine labels and stuff, and all that like wax is stuck into his fingernails. Yeah, pretty hot uh, lead guitarist, I might say. You yeah, know, she's what I mean? quite attractive. She's that, quite. That, she's quite girl. cute, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, did you see anything else into the story, Danny? Did you do you think he did something? Have you heard his playing? Maybe did something trigger you uh, off? Not really. I mean, I. I think Alexi does all the songwriting anyway. So, look, to be fair, at least this guy's gone back on the old, old guitar wagon and now he's starting to write and perform again, which is cool because, you know, that's, that's obviously a passion. So, for him to be without it for two years, it must have been pretty bad. Hey, and you know what, dude? We feel for you. We'll probably review your album. Uh, it'd be nice if you can send it to us. You know, I've got uh, maybe just throw it at a house. You know, I'm sure you know where it is. It's like down that's the street. Fair, that's you know? fair throw from far <laughs> long far throw from Finland, but uh, you'll be right. Just yeah, keep Chris the old uh, NFL guy. He'll, he'll do it. <laughs> so apparently, we're close to a Pantera reunion, Danny. Did you know that? Yeah, I, honestly, I was very surprised because Vinnie Paul has like pretty much come out all the time. Said no, 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 no. No chance. But the one thing that speaks more than the power of heavy metal is the power of money. And apparently there isn't a price even for the old... And there's a lot of tension between good old Phil Anselmo, the old vocalist from Pantera, and the drummer Vinnie Paul. Yeah, definitely. Ever since like... Oh, we've talked about this in the past and I think Vinnie Paul or Phil have released their memoirs last year regarding this whole issue when Dimebag died and all that, and that, all that tension was curbed because of it. So it, it never looked like it was going to occur, but they're saying the amount of money being thrown at them was ridiculous, and it was so close to happening. But at the same time, it didn't, because I guess Vinnie Paul seriously doesn't want to get back. So like saying Rex Brown and Phil, they're ready to go, man. They've, they've already done it together on stage. But who's the other guitarist? It's always like, who who would you pick? Yeah, and the metalheads have been dying to know. In fact, if you guys know a guitarist that could be in the Pantera Union, make sure you go to our Facebook and we'll do some shout-outs to you guys next week because my my guess was Zach Wilde, but Phil Anselmo's like, he can't be that guy for Pantera. I'm like, well, then who? You know, like, um, he can do all the technique stuff. He's killer player. He can, he's, I think he's got the feel for it, but... Apparently, it's picking action, man. And as far as being picky, that's like picking a girl out who's a tight, like nine and a half, but she has a mole on her face. And it's like, yeah, Justice, we're about a six. Like, where Sydney do you get Crawford off, mate? Is never where, a six. Yeah, Sydney she's never, never a six, six, man. You know, like, where do you get off, man? You know, um, but he has been known for doing some silly things. You know, the whole Nazi offering that he gave us, you know, the uh, white power thing didn't quite go over well with the community. And, um, you know, so uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen with Pantera? I I really think nothing's going to happen with Pantera. I think Vinnie Paul's happy doing his thing and that's it. It's good to know that in the way the metal scene is, uh, people leaving the scene because it's not providing enough money or they'd rather do something like uh, less suicidal than, uh, you know, sing about their depressing state of mind. Uh, Dave Lombardo, ex-Australia drummer, ex-Slayer drummer, I might say, will said he'll never retire. Uh, the guy seems to be just kicking on still. Uh, he's in suicidal tendencies at the moment and he's loving life at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. He's got like that band going. Plus, he's got two or three other side projects going. So he's yeah. he's a busy boy. One thing he doesn't like though are bands who are ungrateful pieces of shit. Oh. Now the weirdest thing is apparently it's, it's pretty cryptic because I read a um a story where he was just going off about people who just get given a chance to shine and and screw it up from being dicks. But he didn't go into any more than that. He didn't elaborate the story. He didn't say who the people were. 
Um, Mason just want to speculate, Danny. Did you know any band that might be? Oh, no, definitely not. He's kind of coming across like saying bands start their tour for a bit. They're like, why can't I retire yet? I've, I've toured for like, you know, two years. Is yeah. that enough to kind of like stop? I'm like, well, not in heavy metal. Like he's saying, if you commit to metal, you've committed like 40 years. That's your job for 40 years or like any other Joe Blow. I hear things like Arch Enemy touring like almost 300 days of the year. Like you're just, you're at the mercy of your fans. Like if you want to make money, you need to be somewhere selling merch or doing it, you know. It's nature of the beast, isn't it, right now, you know, with the way the internet is where you're not really getting paid for your songs online, you know, Spotify and Bandcamp and that. Uh, I think Spotify in particular is being under a lot of uh, a lot of critique at the moment because of the way it's set up, you know. Could you imagine that? I saw well, Invoke last week, Danny, were charging $3.33 for their CD. That's ridiculous. I mean, like, I don't care if you are playing in the backyard of your house. To offer so little for an album that offers so much... Criminal man. Oh, unless you're like a multimillionaire, your top bloke's like, ah, I got enough money, I want to be like a communist and help everybody out, etc. That's pretty sweet. But yeah, I don't know too many metalheads who have that luxury. One thing about having a luxury in 2017 is being in a band that's just like you can say what you want, do what you want, and not really apart from maybe get some trolling in that, you can still enjoy being on tours and stuff like that. However, we have sun to see now resistance to certain members who speak up against other maybe other bands or people who come to their gigs to protest or whatever. And uh, I've noticed this guy called Ben Weasel, who's destroying the uh, Warp founder, Kin, uh, Kevin Lyman. There's basically a rant where he's really going on about political correctness inside of the community right now. And he's a punk guy. And he's seeing right now, and this was similar in metal, we've kind of noticed in metal how there's this rhetoric where if people kind of like the whole entire thing about the faggot comments, where it was like, uh, metal sucks came out and said you can't call that people anymore and so what happened was the whole entire feed underneath it was fans calling the metal sucks you know that exact same word um there was a point here where it's like um the dickies were being annoyed by a band called the dickies were being annoyed by protesters at the show at the um warp show right and they called one of the protesters a fat c word right and they got kicked off the tour by management and I'm like, wow, like, this is punk rock we're talking about, man. The exact same people who are fighting against establishment are now getting booted off by the establishment. It's, a, it, it's, it's kind of like, it'd be awesome as a storyline, but in real life, it, it seems a bit weird. They could combine like that movie with the other movie we just talked about. So you have like this NFL guy who's trying to be edgy and he's in a society where let him be edgy and at the same time he wants to be a nerd <laughs> as well as also being cool. And he's in all these different conflicting areas. He doesn't know who to be. Could you imagine that? It's like, dude, that is so punk, man. These guys say exactly what they want, whatever they want. And then he says something like that. It's like, dude, that's not punk, man. You can't say whatever you want. Yeah. You know, like you've gone too far. I'm like, isn't that the point? Yeah. Like to offend people, the whole entire thing about metal and punk is to offend the people who are getting offended and then that's going to launch you because you know that's the whole point isn't it but um this is the problem is that people are like say oh you, metal and punk needs to grow up you know it needs to get more self-aware and do the right thing but it's like no yeah it, it needs to run an opposite no matter where the t tides are going comedians do it too man we watch bill burr yeah. and how many times is he giving fat people crap about going to maccas yeah exactly right yeah and that being being having your feelings hurt or being uncomfortable that's that's how life works it and is if if you don't like being rubbed against the grain well then don't don't listen to like heavy music don't listen to tv get off the net because life gets a lot more hard and a lot more tricky than someone who sings a song where you don't like the lyrics to yeah, it. Yeah, because what happens is then you have things like the uh, OTEP singer where it comes we've talked about this chick before and um 
this one, she said she doesn't care to be considered as part of the metal genre because effort, right? Um, she doesn't like getting lubbed into the metal community because for her, labels are for soup cans and boner pills. Labels are for a lot more than that. Like labels, as far as marketability goes, like people might never have found her band without being told like, yeah, they're, they're like a rock band or whatever. Like, what are you then? Are you a stool? Are you a, are you a, a, a jazz water level of a toilet somewhere in San Francisco? Yeah. You know, like, of course, the labels are for everything, right? Yeah. But I guess the biggest problem is that she doesn't understand the community in itself because she's getting upset um, about being trolled by like guys like Phil Labonte who called her a, a faggot. And she went up and she was like, she he, this guy demands to be fired from every like tour that he's on, but he didn't. And she got really offended. I was like, dude, like, are you the biggest faggot right now or aren't you? Like, you can't expect to 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 virtual signal like that to expect to get friends and family when he's just talking shit about you because he can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, well, and he had, maybe he had every right to, you know? Um, especially when she's saying she doesn't want to be part of the community who are nothing but a bunch of conservatives and a bunch of silent talkers. Like, wow, if you could paint a, if you could paint with an even broader brush than that, you could turn the White House into the Black House in like a week. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really that bad. Yeah. Oh, again, it's, I don't know. Controversy is... It's also good to have. I'm not sure if she's just trying to create more controversy because that seems to be like her go-to move at the moment. But she's not really a nice person for what we found out last week where she was kicking like bands off her tour because she reckons they weren't pulling their weight even though they apparently were, etc. Yeah. So uh, I think this girl here just likes the controversy and just likes to um, and have that flated ego or sense of self-righteousness and yeah it's a problem because you can't keep burning bridges eventually there's going to be no one there to really support and her music's not really that good that she can keep burning bridges and get yeah. more and more people excited we, we're her. seeing words like provocative and thought-provoking and that getting thrown around and because she identifies and people like that identify themselves as oh, i'm a vegan and i'm gay and i'm like, like big deal like i'm a water so i believe people should have clean water or i'm a painter so i like my house being painted in green um, it, it's irrelevant because in the, the day, metal is about the community and about the the music and itself and the artistic license that you are free to do as you wish. Um, but that's where we're at right now. So I thought we'd just touch on that before we finish on our last story. So let's talk lastly about this Ozzy Osbourne Corey Taylor massive combination of Ozfest meets Notfest. Um, what did you think, Dan? You even posted something on the uh, online about this. Yeah, I was so excited that when I found that it was not coming to Australia, I got less excited. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all those awesome bands that won't be uh, here in Adelaide. I think know? they're only doing pretty much like an American tour. I don't know, maybe five, ten shows. How many of shows in America? It's, um, it's funny because it's not fest, but there's no Slipknot playing. So that's that's always interesting. Um, but Stone Sour. Yeah, that's right. So he's. So, yeah. so we don't want Nordfest to be like on there. That'd be silly. But like Corey Taylor's other band, yeah, we're totally fine with that. Yeah, that's right. It's good, like Sour Oz or something. <laughs> like yeah. Um, and in saying that though, I mean, it, it looks like a killer lineup. I hope this thing takes off because we've been waiting for this for a long time. And Download Festival was going to apparently happen. That Legion was supposed to happen. And that never arose. It just feels like right now the festival market here in Adelaide or in Australia is just in limbo. Yeah, it's, we've only been lucky enough that the local guys have been putting together like interstate bands and local bands to have formed like, these festivals. And they've been great. Yeah. Reasonably priced, um, good turnout. So 
it's good to get the grassroots going again, get people excited at this level, so hopefully that draws big interest. Wouldn't that be interesting if Jason North and the guys from True Thinker managed to pull it off with this uh, new Dead Fest and they just start to get so much going for it, so much momentum? Because now they're pulling in bands like Napalm Death and stuff like that. Yeah. What about, where would this go? Maybe he can get like a whole entire lineup, like a festival of biggest, like big international bands. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, like, who who knows? knows? Maybe this comes up more naturally instead of this big shock. Yeah, oh, definitely. It'd be great to see. So, again, I think that's how it is. We have to start again small to prove our worth and then create the bigger scene again. Or maybe we just go like we did and throw down $20,000 and go to uh, Belgium and see all the bands you like at, uh, you know, all those cool festivals like Hellfest and stuff you know, in France. Well, um, sure, you're broke, but like pff, money. It's irrelevant, really. Oh, exactly right. If you identify as a millionaire, then you can Oh, just, that's uh, right. Just tell, I got millions. Here you go. Like, you know, just Monopoly. Tell, tell the plain people, like, no, 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 I'm a millionaire. I don't have money, oh. physical money in my account, but I believe I should have it. Well, with that, we'll go into our editorial. 2017 has been a pretty fantastic year so far in the heavy metal releases, Danny. What do you think so far, though, of what is going on? I think we need to set up the fans with... Uh, some of the like articles out there in the metal land on the media and stuff, getting into the best of the 2017 thus far. Yeah, so there's been like oh, a lot of talk. There's been, look, I think it's been a good year. There's been a lot of um, good music and a lot of different like subgenres. So that's always good to see. So someone out there would find something they like, which is um, always a pleasant thing because metal is always hard. Like that you always have your like pair of jeans you love to wear all the all the time and. If you want to go buy another pair of jeans, they just don't somehow fit you correctly. So Yeah. And we managed to find a few pairs of jeans, but we've also noticed that the pairs of jeans we like, the Metal Sucks, Metal and Jackson and all that, don't like. In fact, mm. I don't think they've even heard any of the CDs that we've actually reviewed this year. Yeah, no, it's been quite... Um, yeah, it's quite... They've sent to my pride, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Some have gone with doing it from themselves and their own back, and some have done the fans' request. So the fans have come out and said what they want. Can you give us some idea of what the fans, the general population, are liking at the moment, Danny? Well, yeah. So going from uh, the Rock Team Rock, which is a website slash magazine, which are based on hard rock, but for some reason did a metal one. Yeah, they do it. Uh, they did a top 10 voted by the fans, which always good to see. So it's not like there's like 10, you just rank them. They actually said you pick the ones you want. Yep. So we're starting from number 10 was a Creeper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Number nine was Body Count. So there's your Body Count. Uh, number eight was a band called Three Teeth. So again. And we'll get band. back to that later. Yeah. Number seven was Paul Bearer. Uh, six, Overkill. Five, Code Orange. Four, While She Sleeps. Number three was Wednesday 13. Number two was Creator. And number one was Mastodon. Mastodon's funny uh, little killer fish there because they don't consider themselves a metal band either, although they have metal influences. They kind of pulled away from it. And I guess for marketability-wise, you can tell why they do it because it's like, well, you know, they want to get away from just that kind of scene. Um, however, do you, we have to review that album because that's actually those top three to be honest, actually, all 10 of them, I haven't even listened to this year. Oh, yeah. It's, it's surprising how much. Well, it's funny because even though we've listened to, like, what, 20 or so albums this year and some big bands not making the list is quite interesting. So um, we had a couple of people from their Facebook page, which um, got to us as well. We had Zach Hammett, who liked the following bands, uh, Firewind, Creator, Steel Panther, Mastodon, Aerion, Dragonforce, Aelstorm, Anathiama, I guess I called it, and Iced Earth. And yep. also Ryan Whittaker, which is it? Uh, like, I think the song gets "Drift by Drift by Hands Like Houses," which oh. is, uh, apparently is a social signal. Single. Cool, yeah, that's cool, guys. Cheers a lot for that. Uh, again, creators popped up again, you know. So uh, yeah, we'll get onto that first up. 
So let's talk about some of the ones that we, uh, now that we've gone halfway through the year, that we can recommend again. You know, it's been a little time with some of these CDs and some we've just obviously had for a shorter time. Danny, is there anything this year that's uh, standing up? Not maybe give an order list, I think. I think we can do the order list at the end of the year. You know, yeah, get them, keep yeah. the fans waiting. That's right. But uh, what do you recommend, Danny? Yeah, there's a couple of bands. And again, there's a bit of variation to the styles. Um, the first band was uh, Betraying the Martyrs. Yeah. I like the album. It's kind of more of a like death metal, but it has some sort of like, industrial sounds to it, and a bit of synth to it, which actually was quite a nice little take on the um, genre. So that's quite nice. Um, Evocation, which we'd heard about... Uh, Two months ago, and that again, that was great. Yeah. Death, but it was just really good, really good groove parts, good breaking, uh, chunky riffs. Yeah, exciting. Firewind, of course. I like me my power metals, and I thought they did a great job with it. Um, Iced Earth, I enjoyed that album. Probably not the the top five or so, but I, I did enjoy what I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, good old Percy Phony. Percy Phony. Yeah, Percy Phony. As Persephone has been told by dear loved ones and that, but. Um I don't know, man. It's uh, it looks like Persephone for me too. Yeah, we uh, we got actually a little bit different. I think Evocation is definitely one to think about. Um, I actually liked it Invoke, to be honest. Last week I thought that was really really tidy. Um, a couple of others I really liked was um, Evocation, definitely Beggarth as well. Um, but Train the Miners, I actually went back to it, and as much as I do like the riffs and the synth and stuff, man, that vocalist, I just. It just it brings up all these emotions for me, and I'm I'm just finding myself just not having any of it. It's um, hopefully it'll be a little bit like the guy from Vanderplas, and some people would argue Nevermore with uh, Warrell Dane, where it's such a polarizing opinion on the guy. I think he can either love him or hate him. Um, but yeah, good good style, good style. Uh, one that came to mind was Pyramaze. I actually found myself listening to a few of those tracks a little bit more. Um. Just something a little bit more straightforward, but uh, that great feel of the melodic death metal power metal combination, but with a singer that uh, for me generally hits those notes without having that head voice come through. I I don't know where that came from because I thought I wasn't really going to like that album, but um, it's come back in my CD player a few times, Danny. Yeah, I was surprised when you've kept mentioning that because even though I don't like it as much as you do. That's weird for like using like a power metally based album yeah. more than me but Arc Sphere the Lucid Collective so far looks very strong yeah. it's just got something about that album I've listened to it and I'm like damn that is a really well written piece of work and I thought Technical Death Metal for me was like cheese and I hate that as well I know right doesn't you know doesn't like Technical Death Metal and cheese well, like, you even call yourself a metalhead yeah definitely right it's but, terrible no, I really recommend it you know um, again towards the end of the year we got um we can talk about our top tens, you know, we always do that. Uh, one we think we can say for sure, though, is Suicide Silence is definitely the worst. Um, that album was pretty much like a flu in a um, in a badly run hospital, man. It just go takes over the whole thing, and before you know it, it's all wiped out. Yeah, it, it was just terrible. At least no one has, like, put on their top ten. No one's actually even been close to mentioning it. It was just a really bad yeah. album. Yeah, and even the way they treated it afterwards even made it more disgusting where they were kind of telling fans, well, if you don't like it, that means you're wrong. I'm like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of your fans saying it, dude, you know. Um, but, you know, that's what we think. I think that's um, that's been the year so far. Ones that I've been disappointed with this year, though, just thinking back of it, it's like Hate, for example, with Tremendium. Man, yeah. I really wanted that album to kick ass, man. I was hoping to make my top five easy, you know. Um, that really, really um, devastated me, you know. Um, lock up being the way it was, yeah. straight up grindcore, you know. Um, when they come down, I'll be there for sure. Check them out. Seeing Nick Barker play live is a feast for your eyes and your ears. I mean, one of the most technically gifted, or if not just proficient drummers of our generation, really, Danny. 
Yeah, he just doesn't stop. Yeah. Uh, John Frum, I thought uh, I'd be getting something exciting out of that, but after listening to that a few times, aside from a few catchy riffs, I really didn't enjoy it from start to finish um, for, uh, for reasons why we talked about. But um, in all in all, man, I've got to be honest, this year has been a lot really, really, really solid, you know? Nothing really crazy hot like a Flesh God Apocalypse. Um, yet, just yet, maybe. But nothing... We had like at least five that we had said were actually bad albums last year. And so far, I can only really say that one was disappointing. Yeah. Well, one was disappointing and one was atrocious. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly right. I mean, unfortunately, you're a massive hate fan, so you always wanted them to be outstandingly awesome. Yeah. So if nothing apart from that would be disappointing. But like, it's been a good, it's been a good, uh, good year so far. Really, like I said, there's good diversity. A lot of it. We had a good power, power metal, a bit of progressive rock in there, progressive metal. Uh, even Deep Purple's album was pretty decent. So you got the technical death, bit of like not really any grindcore, but we got a board. It's probably going to release the album this year as well. So good albums to come up. We got Dragon Lord coming up this year as well. Oh man, that God! I've been waiting for that for years, man. Ever since they released um, Rapture, they had another album afterwards, which I never bought. I know, right? And the funny story, he actually started wearing corpse paint after the second album. Generally, people will, like wear the corpse paint first, realize how hard it is to work with, and get rid of it. But he's like, nah. This is what my thing needs. I'm like, dude, like, whatever. You know, that's uh, cool. I guess Testament is selling more albums so you can afford the corpse paint. Yeah, that's probably why, you know. Um, but with that, you know, that's our 2017 response thus far. Like we do, they end of the year. We're going to have a massive top 10. Uh, we can't wait to do that, eh, Danny? Yeah, well, unlike last year, we've got probably about, we have at least well, 40 to 50 albums doing our top 10. Last year, we only had about 15 to 20 albums, so... It's quite easy to make a top 10 list that year, but this yeah. year, this year's actually going to be a pretty decent list. Okay, so with that, let's jump on over to our CD review. Danny, when I give you the image of Decapitated, what comes to mind first up? Well, first up, I was thinking about you know the new Twin Peaks uh, series when those guys get slaughtered <sighs> in that room. So weird, and man. And gets like... For some reason, bed without a head and missing an eye, so it gets all those fudged up uh, things in my head. But they're my nightmares, so I'll deal with those nightmares. Yeah. But the capital actually it brings me back to the start of was it this year or was it last year when they actually the start of last last year when they came down they toured with suffocation. Suffocation. Yeah, no, it was great. Actually, I was a bit unwell that gig, so I had to leave after the capital. But I thought they did a great job live. They were great energy, good intensity, sounded fantastic. Yeah, agreed. You know, I started getting around these guys with the oil, uh, sorry, the organic hallucinogens album. Hallucinosis, sorry. Is Hallucinosis. that like a like magic mushrooms? So unusual, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, they've got that whole entire like, you know, cross between like humanity, like the flesh and all that, but also the mechanical side as well, you know, the whole like Hellraiser, but with Transformers thing. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, I started getting into it around that era and I'm like, wow, these guys are like pretty decent. So, more Blood Mantra, sorry, you know. Um, I actually bought Blood Mantra first and then I had to go back and buy the rest of it. Um, really liked it. You know, I could definitely tell these guys had something going for them at the time. You know, they combined a death metal sound, but they kind of re, they kind of went with the um the motion of other bands as well, where they started more death metal, but then they started taking influences, I guess, from the more melodic, like Gothenburg style. You can hear some of that creep into it. Whereas and that Meshuggah style as well with the grooves and stuff. You know, like think Future Breed Machine and that kind of era. Um, but they also brought in a couple of other elements with their you know spacious um landscapes with brutal drums but we're talking about the album anti-cult here this is the one that was released july the 7th 2017 um 
for what you guys need to know, Decapitated are a Polish metal band formed in Krosno in 1996. Uh, conv- it consists of the guitarist, the founder and composer, Warclaw, oh, what a name, uh, Kitiaika, but we just call him Volk here. Not Bog, you know, he, he does er- he does far from bogging. He's definitely a vogger. Um, we got like vocalist Rafael, drummer Michael, Michael and uh, bassist Hubert. Now, Definitely thrash, more like death metal, groove metal elements going on in this band. But this album in particular, Danny, we're going to talk about it. Um, what what are you familiar with before we get started? What is your knowing of Decapitated before we kind of go into it? Yeah, I've, I've only heard pretty much the, the last album came out just before this. And again, I can't remember too much of it. But for my recollection of what I can remember, I know I contradict myself, but that's my issue now. I'll do that <laughs> just like my nightmares. Uh, they came like really technical, death merely styling, a lot of energy, a lot of intensity in their riffs, a lot of like crunchy sections from what I can remember. And uh, this album, it's actually um, slightly different to what I remember. This album really does feel like Blood Mantra Part 2. Um, there's... I kind of feel like with this band, they go through a cycle in a sense because I really found that um, the early stuff that I have listened to, and I do own the Nihility album, much more of a de- death metal album for me. You know, you can tell there's elements of there that uh, separates them from other death metal bands where they'd further extend themselves in organic hallucinogens uh, and hallucinosis. Sorry, organic hallucinosis. That is terrible. I apologize. And Carnival is forever. Um, but this album here just seems to be even more, like strip back from that that uh, those kind of albums and it's much more straightforward like Blood Mantra I found um, now the best thing about it is that these guys have a very good sense of groove don't you agree Danny like the grooves here are strong the whole way through yeah definitely right it's yeah. thrashy so it's head banging the whole time now the one thing I did notice though is because it and then you notice too is the one guitarist Danny yeah exactly right one guitarist one bass so it just sometimes feels like when they're I don't know, relying on one to like step up with a solo or a bit of a unique riff. It feels like there's a bit of an emptiness with this sound because unfortunately you only have the one guitarist going. Uh, the bass player tries to step it up. Their stuff, the bass playing is quite intense with their playing. They're quite technical, so they try to step it up as a second guitarist. But I don't know, it just feels like there's something missing. But that's their sound and that's what they go for. Uh, the good things about it is if you're a decapitated fan, they didn't take too many curveballs uh however i did find that the like for the fourth track for example which i'll bring up in a second talk to you about it guys was quite interesting very like ang- angular and dark which for the whole album is generally more of a happier kind of feel yeah yeah sure. it had they actually had that unique guitar tone and line to it which kind of yeah, it, it was just unusual yeah. and it really made me go wow that these guys have still got some some flashes you know some some kicks up, uh you know some cards up their sleeve uh, but then there was things that did sound so much like Blood Mash, like riffs that almost felt like they were taken from it. Like, um, uh, for example, with the Kill the Cult, it really did feel like that song was kind of ripped out of that album. Um, but then you got stuff like uh, Anger Line and Erskar. Um, I think with Erskar, I think it is, uh, or Never, they have that really cool, like he just, the drum just has a backbeat in the verse, but there's that really chuggy like um, guitar line. The classic thrash you know mm. it's like when they're doing the whole death metal stuff like one-eyed nation where it's like you said intense dissonant dark but then they can do that as well it's like it bridges those uh, uh those roads up like it just extends it for you and it gives you more to play with so um i do think that that's there but i, I really do think that um this album do would you say it plays it safe to a degree down i think that it's definitely reminiscent of what he can do as a writer and i feel like it's 
it's very much a part two of Blood Mantra. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it, at times, it felt like they weren't pushing too much of an envelope with their uh, song writing. But at the same time, I just thought like what they wrote was just well written. I, I, yeah. I, do, I do like the songs. I don't think they had to overdo it. But at the same time, they, they knew when to go heavier. They knew when to be a bit rocking. And they knew when to groove out. And they, they do give a bit of difference to their songs, like different styles, a bit of like track seven. There seems to be like a bit of a new metal industrial sound near the end yeah. as well. So they try to um, incorporate different elements. And I don't know, I just felt like this album here, the more I listen to it, I reckon feel like the more I'll get into it, more like... The one thing that I've noticed it. is like, they, what they need to do is get rid of this like last track thing. Because they did it on Blood Mansion where they had one cool riff that they cycled for seven minutes. Here they did it for two minutes, 50 with one riff. And way to end an album, man, I don't know, what do you think the idea is to have a one riff repeated at nauseum that doesn't go anywhere but doesn't actually have like a cool feel about it in a sense like mm. well i guess the one blood mansion had a cool feel but it went for so long that it eventually wore off its welcome this one here is just it's a much shorter one but the riff is less memorable yeah it's true what do you, how afraid. do you tie how do you, how do you call an album on this like what what makes you think as a writer they go yeah this is a good way to end the album it's actually weird because like tracks one to six are quite you know heavy intense etc but track seven starts off slow so you feel like, oh, okay so this is the song that's meant their progressive emotive based song of course you put your heavy elements in there that's fine yeah so you thought okay track seven is the way they want to end it but putting again track eight which then goes back to that slow methodic um acoustic sections just a simple and it just ends up with the drum rocking out top thing it does make it a bit interesting why they would have done it why they just finished with track seven yeah what why they the finished with track seven I, the last song is called amen so that's quite a clever so you know it's the way you finish any type of verse in the bible etc by calling it amen and anti-cult anti-cult yeah. there could be something to there if you, i mean there wasn't really any i think the guy just said one line in the last track i can't i don't know what it was going to lyrics in front of me so it, it could be a way they tie in all the um lyrics together etc to get to that i mean if you look at the cover Artwork is a person praying with like nails shoved through their hands so they can't separate from praying. So again, it could just tie in to the end of a um to the end of the uh, the album. It's a good wind down song for all the musicians. Like you know when you do a, a physical sport, you're supposed to like cool off. Yeah, this but, kind of works. But like they that. don't do that live. When we saw them live, <laughs> they just went hell for leather, and then they finished on one of their most iconic songs um to to call it a day. Um, the thing is. And this is the biggest problem that I found with the new and someone of Decapitated is that they brought on a drummer. And unfortunately for them, they lost their other brother and their drummer to a car. I think it was a motorcycle accident, I think it was. Um, real tragedy because this guy here on drums was an absolute superstar. He brought so much to the band and gave it a dynamic that really helped it evolve it. The new drummer does, I think, what he needs to do. But like you were saying, Danny, is because there's only one guitarist, I feel like he could stand up so much more and give us more of like what I think a Sean Raynard or a Gene Hoagelin or a Dirk Verbulen or something like that could offer the band. But he really just does what needs to be doing. And I think that is the greatest downfall to this band is that that guy just doesn't give us the next... Thing. I don't know if he doesn't feel comfortable. You know, like he kind of... He's in a new relationship and he's been like he's been single for like twenty years, still a virgin, whatever, and he doesn't know what to do. And then he gets a girlfriend, right? Hot as shit, you know. She loves all the th same things he does, but he's like, dude, what do I do? Like, do I yeah. hold her hand? Like, you know what I mean? Just be a man and grab by the balls. And I feel like, yeah, <laughs> uh, like, wow, balls? that's not even a woman anymore. <laughs> no, that's why he's nervous. <laughs> that's why he's nervous. But that's the problem. I think the drummer needs to grab the bull by the horns and actually be a bit more expressive because when you've got long lines, like for example. Well, anything he does in a verse is fairly much like a straightforward like kind of thrash idea. Yeah. And the drums don't change at all. There's no inflections on notes. There's no connecting with other musicians. It's like, 
I'm here to do this and that's it. And I think that's the greatest problem I find with Decapitated right now is that uh, a band that has so much emphasis on groove and the drummer isn't bringing out more of his interesting lines to, keep, to get me listening back to it. So, yeah, I found with you that I want to listen to the album again, but I end up just getting kind of detached from it because I hear it and I've heard everything I need to hear from it. Mm. I think what good musicians tend to do... Um, you know, I don't want to go off and say like guys like Darkane, like in the Molly Death or Soil Work, for example, or even Sugar. Um, they managed to make it so so engaging and they brought similar elements and the way. But see, with with Meshuggah is Thomas Hake brings so much to his playing for the band and they're doing one groove, for example. But you hear him doing and he's doing all these polyrhythms and you know all that. And some of the times it's not that different from what Decapitated do to the middle school Meshuggah. No, definitely right. I mean, track one, there's massive Meshuggah influences on that track with that groove and the old dissidents and yeah. sort of offbeat, etc. stuff. So you're right, it's definitely there. It's You're right, it was more guitar-led with yeah. the riffs and the grooves. Um, the guitarist is a really cool thing where a lot of the groovy riffs, he does like a lot of um, like ascending-type riffs and that helps you like build up the breaks down. It yeah. builds up the breaks down. So that really gets you like a motive yeah. going, which is good. You can tell the guy, the guy has now got a strong awareness of how to write for Decapitated right now. And I feel like he can pull out tunes for the band now quite easily. And it felt, that's what it felt like for this album, Andy Cole. I felt like he just did this in a weekend because when I hear stuff that he's been doing in the previous, to, to hearing what he's doing now, I'm like, dude, it's, it's pretty much more straightforward. It feels like this can hit some more broader audience. However, my heart still does lay in the middle, kind of, and decapitate. I feel like they just did that best. The, the, the use of death metal with thrash and melodic uh, groove metal is um, without comparison. It's one of those albums that have transcended and helped the genre push forward. Um, this album, I don't know, man. It's It feels... Uh, the biggest problem is it does feel like the Blood Mantra album. People love that album. So, unfortunately for me, I'm, I'm probably going to like put myself out in a vine here, but it's what I feel, man. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. Eh? I, I I thought it was a it's a pretty good album. I wouldn't yeah. say it's like um yeah like one of my top five albums of the year, but it's one that I uh, just I don't know. It seems like it has a I don't know how to call it like a, a party metal feel to it. Yeah, like, it's awesome. Yeah. I would have it at a party, listening to it, having some beers, not thinking about it too hard. It's not serious. Uh, I know bands. I know people, friends of mine who are like Decapitate is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, and to that, I say I can see why. But if someone said to me, eh, I'm like, fair enough, because one thing, the drums for me, you know, kind of feel now in the new Decapitated feel like they kind of play too far in the back now. It's too far. And also the singer, eh. Oh, I mean, he just does enough, doesn't he? He does enough. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. And for some of the vocalists we've had this year that we've been greeted with, uh, it's it's been quite scary how talented they can bring. Um, the guy from Evoke brought so much more to the table, you know. Um, yeah, evocation as well. Evocation, where he's so much girth and like, oh my God, yeah. it's like he's swallowed gravel and he's spitting up blood. It's like just Barrett ridiculous. Like, dynamics, it was, there's little dynamics, I guess, to the guys screaming. They, they do a bit of layering at times to help him out a bit and just a bit of... um sometimes inflections but you're right he can't just a standard scream just about phrasing he, he's fine you know and that's the thing I find the guitarist literally can hold this band together and he is so good at his job um, that he, he plays he can play with whoever he wants um, so that's the, that's what I consider this about this album although I did really I did like it and I can see why the riffs are really cool and a lot of fun um yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I think he he, he the next time uh, I did like some of the things when they incorporate different other like uh, instrumentation uh, into like um, 
the not each other's instruments, but if they brought more like an industrial feel to the next album more, so made it a little bit more heavy on that, brought in another guitarist and that, because it really does feel now they're so minimalist that they are, if they don't move forward and try something new, you might just keep hearing this album again, I think. And that might be a shame. Yep, that's, that could be something for them to do. Yeah, I've just noticed now, I'm just calling it the way it is because um, I've got so much energy and vibe from all their stuff, but I did find that this album did kind of gravitate towards that uh, very slipknotty kind of vibe, you know, where it's like, yeah, a lot of people can like it. Definitely more pulled back. The techniques kind of sat back a little bit, but it can still... There's a few more solos on this album yeah. that I thought as well. Yeah, that's great. And just like unique one-off like lines or changes and a couple of pauses like at mid songs yeah cuts back into it so a little bit of dynamics happening yeah we'll see how they go but i think for that the band's successful you can see why if you're a decapitated fan or a death metal fan definitely check the band out um i would definitely recommend you try out though maybe some earlier stuff if you like death metal more so and if you like it to see their best work uh you got organic or carnival is forever those two albums for me are definitely the decapitated albums um just great songs man from top to bottom the riffing on those albums is ridiculous like literally his combination of just incredibly cool looking sounding riffs to those syncopated grooves i think is ultimate on those albums cool yeah um yeah and with that i guess that's our thoughts uh, any closing thoughts on decapitated um anti-cult danny no, I, I sort of think most people, most metalheads should check it out because I think it's one of those albums where it's not offending to um, any real genres, but enjoyable enough that most people get into it. Yeah, and um, I'll probably listen to this album a few more times again. You know, it comes up, um, like you said, Danny, um, it would be something that we'll go visit, visit and maybe at the end of the year, I'll turn around and be like, dude, now the album's sick. I, didn't, I just didn't give it enough time. You know, sometimes one week doesn't give these things justice, you know. Yeah. You want to be like, just bringing it back and making it a soundtrack of your life where you've had a bad day from work, song comes on, all of a sudden you realise that it's worth going to see those kids out later on in the day, you know? Such is, such is the way music is, isn't it, Danny? A bit of escapism for you. Yeah, why not? Let's go with that. And with that, we're at the end of our show. Another halfway, we're about halfway through the year now. We're looking down the barrel at 2017, I reckon. It's going to be uh, pretty fast from here on out, Danny. Yeah, it's normally how it works. It's like hump, like the week. You get over the hump day and just quickly lose that weekend. Yeah. And that's kind of that's it. Happening. And then the weekend's done. Christmas bring on 2018. Over, Eve's over, then 2018 comes. But like you said, Danny, every sleep brings us closer, closer to the much-anticipated Dragon Lord album. I yes. must admit that's going to yes. be tight as well it better be more so than Moore's album this year <laughs> yeah actually I forgot about Moore's yeah see exactly I know right <laughs> that's a bit of a problem I also look I want to take a time to think about the band with not Belagor because they do have an album coming out but so, oh, what was the other one that other black metal album that we liked that you checked out that uh, black metal band yeah I can't remember now oh that's going to be a problem because that's going to bug the crap out of me we saw him at with Flesh God Apocalypse Oh, Carrot Angry with us. No, no, no. We saw him here in Adelaide with oh, a Septic Flesh. Septic Flesh. Yeah, that dude, that was... track was sick. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have been listening to Andrew Hogue. I listened to that track. I'm like, damn. Yeah, that could be cool, man. I know. Yeah. I mean, we've reviewed a few Black and Death Metal albums this year. Most of them pretty good, though, to be honest. Yeah. No, I think these days because people can like write good synth lines and have good production values, their stuff's starting to sound quite good, man. Good yeah. quality. Yeah. I mean, like the Year of Satan. Bring it on, man. <laughs> I. I Hey, dude, whatever gets you the day, man, if thinking about a fictitious figure while well, on this side or whatever gets you through it and gets you running good music, all the power to you. Hey, yeah, why not? That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, you want to read out something, Danny? Unfortunately, no, because Decapitated have got any lyrics on the net and we buy our albums through like 
on oh yeah exactly so, we, we buy mp3s because i cannot afford um cd rates anymore man it's yeah. punishing so you so see in the words of uh decapitated i'm just going out the song title so impulse uh kill the cold <laughs> angle line amen <laughs> i'm super metal brother matt and i'm super metal brother dan we've been the super metal brothers thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next week